Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Oh, Jack. Jack O'Hara. Boy, you asked me some interesting questions, my man. It's a great question, Jack. Jack, hey, it's Josh Radder. Hey there, Jack O'Hara. It's Johnny Damon. Jack, you had questions for me. Jack O'Hara? Absolutely. This message is for Jack O'Hara. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, Jack? Uh, listen, man, you know, you, you, you asked me a couple questions. Broadcasting around the world, you're listening to The O Show. In the show and uh, doing your thing, I mean, you've got some pretty big name guests. I've seen your, your stuff, so congratulations on your success. Jack O'Hara. Much nicer guy than Conan O'Brien with much better interviewing skills. Don't forget to share this episode on your social media. Now, let's get to it. I'm so boned. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow, and now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's definitely going to break up with you. She's definitely going to break up with me. Should have used TickPick. Wait, what'd you say? TickPick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, TickPick. I thought you said TickPick. No hidden fees. Download today. and Pistols at Dawn. I know you guys You started it six, seven years ago, 2015. It's kind of, you yeah. know, evolved over time, you know, with what you guys have been doing. The new EP just came out last month. So yeah. you, you growing up, you know, you being a drummer, what were some of your inspirations that kind of, you know, molded your, your, your style of music? Because again, like rock, I feel like is very, I don't want to use the word like rebellious because I'm a huge rock guy. So, like, I, I love the sound, you know, it's inspiring, it pumps me up. But, like, what was it for you that really, you know, clicked when it came to the rock scene? So, um, yeah, we all grew up in the Atlanta rock scene. Some of us are more metal than than the next uh, in our band, and some of us grew up in, in, in metal bands and heavier metal bands and, and straightforward hard rock bands. For me, it was simple. Uh, you know, when I was little, my, my dad's, my, my parents got divorced. My dad's first girlfriend bought me a drum set to piss my mother off. <laughs> and, and it worked and it worked and it just kind of caught from there. And, you know, I kind of grew up with, with drummers and listening to drummers like, um, like, uh, Stephen Perkins from Jane's addiction and Larkin from, uh, Godsmack and, and, um, obviously, uh, Neil Pert and Morgan Rose ultimately in seven dust, uh, you know, with their energy, and they're, you know, some had technical ability, some had energy, but the ones that really kind of got me and made me want to be a musician were ones like um, Stephen Adler from Guns N' Roses or, or Will Calhoun from, from Living Color. 
Um, you know, Joey Kramer from Aerosmith, uh, Phil Rudd from ACDC. I mean, these are just straightforward hard rock guys. And when I was real little, I was real fortunate. I was real fortunate. I had the, sorry about that. I had the ability to go to a ton of concerts and, uh, I was kind of an independent kid. And so I just got into music quick, got into drums quick and just went to concert after concert after concert. And I just had to play it. You know, it was just, I had to play it. And that's all I did. If you ask my parents, they each had a set of earplugs and I would just go home at night and I would just bang on it for hours and just play along with music. And I think that's what really, A, got me wanting to be in a band, you know, bands in high school and before high school and, um, and ultimately wanting to do it professionally. And, and B, it really made me have really good time. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, it's freaky to play with a click and stuff like that. To me, I'm so used to playing music uh, that I grew up playing like that, that it was so much easier for me to go in the studio. They're like, Oh, here's a click. And I was, you know, most people freak the fuck out. I was just like, okay, whatever. I'm just, I'm just going to play in time. Um, so, you know, I grew up with drummers like that. And even today I'm mesmerized by some, some of the other drummers out there. Uh, you know, Morgan Rose, honestly, I'm from Atlanta. He's from Atlanta, man. This dude live. I don't know if you've ever seen seven dust, uh, but there's just not many people like him on earth and he brings it. So, wow. So was that your end game from the start? Just like as a young kid, like I love playing music. I want to do this. And eventually I want to mold this into an actual career where I can you know, support myself, support a family. on it. Excellent question. So, so, you know, all my guys and I wanted to be musicians. We all wanted to grow up and be big rock stars and that whole thing. You know, we've, we, we all tried in a multitude of ways and in a multitude of bands uh, to go the distance, you know, for whether it be touring or going to New York and showcasing for record labels and this, that, and the other. I think it honestly took this core group of guys uh, a bunch of years of experience and really seeing what the industry's like and, and playing out and talking to industry and having to market and do all these things and kind of growing up in that before you can oh yeah, I'm going to go be a rock star. You know what I mean? Like you can say you want to be a rock star when you're little, but the reality of becoming a rock star is a lot different. And I think it took us a while to figure out exactly what was needed. I think we have the recipe now and uh, we have our heads down and we won't stop until we get where we're going. And I think that's the biggest key is that so many bands, you hear about them breaking up and it pisses me off, especially the ones that make it and get the brass ring. It pisses the fuck out of me, man, when I hear that they're there or they just got there. Kind of like Creed, for example. Creed got the brass ring. Creed's selling out every single night. Creed's making millions and millions of dollars. And then they break up because they can't get along. Fuck that. Be like Metallica. Hire a fucking therapist. And then kill the fucking therapist when you're done. I mean, that's brilliant. Anyway, so we worked really hard through the years. And that led up to this band. And just to kind of give you a little bit of history, we... We all kind of grew up in the, in the Atlanta scene, but we ultimately put together this band as a core group of some of the best, hopefully, Atlanta hard rock musicians in order to take it the distance. And so when we got together in 15, we went straight into the studio. We recorded our first three singles. It was like magic. It just came together. I don't even know how to tell you. Uh, we were about to put those out. We had some internal issues. Our, our guitarist, one of our guitarists died. Uh, some time goes by. My other guitarist calls me is like, dude, this is in our fucking DNA. We have to do this shit. And I was just like, you're right. I was just like, so we started playing again with the bassist Billy and, 
it just you know it's like magic it's like it's like per- i mean <laughs> it's like perfect fucking sex with the right woman you know it's just perfect it fits perfectly and so and so shit we we got back together and in 2000 just before the pandemic you know we decided to go all the way and so we started inter- marketing ourselves internationally we we're not an atlanta band we are an international band and we started marketing ourselves internationally. We got into the studio during the pandemic. We we put out seven motherfucking videos in the last 10 months. Actually, we put out six. We just finished our seventh, which is going to blow your motherfucking mind in about three weeks when it comes out for Gone Black. We went blacklight. If you go to our Facebook page, check out the crazy-ass fucking shit we were wearing. The We brought in one of the top horror experts in the country, TV experts, who does all the horror shows and horror movies. He came in, he painted us and put us in suits and all crazy morph suits and shit. We went blacklight on it. It's going to blow your fucking mind. And then we just finished writing our eight. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm long-winded here, but I'm giving you a bunch of information. Hopefully it's good. Um, we just finished uh, writing our new eight-track full-length album, which we're going to track soon. And shit's hopefully about to blow the fuck up. So that's kind of where we are. It's awesome to see how you have like the creative mindset to look beyond like not just the music, but you, like having the creative mindset to do the music videos, do the marketing. You know, you have the website, the branding aspect. How early on did you kind of teach yourself that aspect of it? You know, the quote unquote business side of music. It was it was just kind of piece by piece over the years. You 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 start you know honestly. I mean, internet comes out now. You learn you know, social media and, and Twitter and this and that. And, you know, then you learn, oh, by the way, I've got I've to actually make sure I'm continuing to talk with people. And, and, and it's just, there's a million different things you got to do. And I think that, that that's what they don't teach you when you become a musician. If you truly want the brass ring is that there's a, you know, to create our base of where we are right now internationally with, you know, we have publicists in three different fucking countries. We have radio campaigns in multiple countries. We put out videos with different promo people in different countries all over the world. And it's all going on and it takes time. We had to put out ads in, in 50 different countries you know, and it's just each little thing takes time. I mean, ask somebody how to get a video placed on iTunes. Let me tell you, my friend, number one, figuring it out ain't easy. Number two, getting it done ain't easy. It's not like you just go to some website and click it in. It doesn't work like that. They have to accept you. They have to approve your video. You have to, I mean, there's a million different little things. And that's what I kind of picked up through the years in business and music business. And now we kind of put it all together at the beginning of 20 and as horrible as the fucking pandemic has been, I looked at it as this amazingly horrible opportunity, horrible, but beneficial opportunity to connect and build our core audience, which we did throughout the entire pandemic. They're at home. They're starving for new material and music. So fuck it. Let's, let's put out six videos. Let's put out, I mean, shit, we recorded our, our EP, this EP we're, we're, we're talking about today during the pandemic. And honestly, I mean, this is the time. People need us. We need them. Great. Let's take advantage. I don't mean take advantage in a bad way. I mean, just let's take advantage of the opportunity we have to really connect with people. And that's what we did. Right now you have the time, or at least you did over the past year to actually sit down and think like, okay, here's what we want to do and let's lay it out and like, let's put in the effort to do it as opposed to just sitting on the couch for a year, like some people probably did and did nothing. Yeah. So, when you, you know, 
or going back, you know, like going back to 2015, 2016, when you guys first start, like you said, like instant chemistry between you guys, you guys are playing. How many different bands did you play with growing up that it was kind of like, okay, here's my mindset. And they're just kind of like, okay, this is fun. And then it kind of just like fizzled out. You know, all of us growing up, everyone in my band, we were in at least 10, 15 different bands, you know, and through the years. And it's all like ancestral in Atlanta. And I mean, ancestral from the standpoint of one band, one more member moves to the next, moved to the next, moved to the next. Eventually, I connected with my my lead uh, rhythm guitarist, Devin. Uh, we have this connection. We just know how to write together. It's just magical. Those songs you hear on the EP, we write those together. You know, it just works. My drums and his guitar, we can write a whole album together, no problem. Bring in Billy's bass, you know, add a shredder, throw it out to our vocalist, and it's done. And it's just, it takes a long time to connect like that. It's like the right woman or the right, you know, it's the right partner, you know? I went through 15 different bands and and you have magic in each, you know? But to have real magic, a real connection, I would say this band has that amongst each of the members. There's not a weak link. I would say in each band growing up, there's always a week or two, a weak link or two or three. And that's generally what causes the drama. You know, I remember and a funny story my guitarist tells people all the time is we went into the studio, we're in this band called Set, and we had this great, awesome, super nice guy, lead singer named Todd, but he didn't fit us and his talent wasn't exactly where we wanted to be. Todd goes into the studio, you know, we've been rehearsing, I'd never really heard him. Then we go into the studio and then you, you could hear it. And I and Devin's looking for me, and, and I'm here I am walking into the studio room where Todd's singing, and I said, and just screaming at him, just like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, like, what the fuck are you singing? Like, start singing already. But this was him singing, and he's a nice guy, and I, I love him to this day, but he just wasn't the caliber that we were looking for. But yet the rest of the band, a lot of you know, me and Devin were. And so here we are today. And so it kind of works like that, you know. Eventually, Devin and I got connected to Chris, our lead singer. We, you know, and, and once once we met him, we were, we just knew we'd be in for the ride because the dude is one of the best singers on earth. Uh, you know, up and coming, call it what you will. You know, he was on Rockstar Supernova, Tommy, Tommy Lee's Rockstar Supernova, and he was a finalist and all that bullshit. But, like, honestly, the dude's one of the best singers on earth, and the whole world's going to know it soon. But I'm just saying, once we met him, it was like, up, oh, we got it. You know, you just got to put in the time, man. And that's, that's what I tell young musicians. Put your fucking head down and don't stop. So you guys are clicking on all cylinders. You know, like you said, like you, you just all believe in each other at, at a young time frame, which, you know, results in the success that you had. And then, you know, you get hit with a brick wall. Mike dies. Is that the reason for, you know, you know, kind of like laying chill, laying back for a few years there? Or was it something more? So we wrote our first three singles and there was, uh, we just had some, I don't know if Mike had issues or what. We just had some internal strife with Mike. The band kind of takes a break for a second. Immediately right after that, I get a call. Mike's dying. Right. And, and I'm just like, fuck. And this is how I left it with him. Like my last phone call, I literally hung up on the guy. And because we were having a really bad conversation 
And, you know, to this day, I regret that because the guy was honestly the greatest guitarist I've ever played with. And just as just just a perfectionist to the highest level and uh, in a great guy. And, you know, I hate for that. And then I heard he was dying and boom, he died. And we weren't together at that time. And, you know, I'm sure his the end of his life was horrible. Um, I'm sure he was with the family. But uh, my friends, my other band member, one of my other band members, Devin, he was devastated. And I think my other band members were devastated. And I was pretty devastated. And I wasn't that close with him. But I was just hurting that, that, that I had a relationship with somebody that ended so poorly. And I could have fixed it, you know. And uh, right after that happened, I get the call from Devin. And he's just like, dude, we got to do this. He's like, you know, to Devin it was, we got to do this. We got to go forward for Mike. And, uh, and I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm in, let's go, you know? And, and to this day, you know, we talk about him often and we, and we, when we refer to him often and we post about him and we have a good relationship with his wife and, you know, he gets credit for the first, for the tracks that we wrote with him. And, you know, there's none of this bullshit, you know, his, ours, mine bullshit. It's just, we did it together and it was amazing. And I wish we could have done more. And I know he's looking down at us right now, uh, genuinely, um, uh, happy for what the fuck is happening here. And I just wish it was him, uh, as much as I love Tommy, uh, our guitarist, and I'm grateful to God we found him. Uh, I wish Mike was here so we could have done it with him. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough situation, especially, you know, like you just said, like going out on bad terms, almost, you know, like the last time you guys really spoke, you know, I mean, that's gotta be very frustrating. At the same time, it's an experience for you because like you said at the beginning, you know, you want to get to a point where you guys can say like, okay, we worked this hard to get to this point, but we're not going to be assholes when we get there. You know, like some of the huge bands did, whether it was Guns yeah. N' Roses in the early days, Nirvana, any of these bands, they got huge way too quick. And they were just, you know, it was a business to them. They weren't even friends at the end of it. You couldn't have said it better, my friend. And, and, and we look at every experience that we're doing as fun. Everything, that's the principal thing we try to set up. Anytime I do all the business stuff and I, anything I plan for us, it's just got to be fun. It's got to be cool. And, 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 and because at the end of the day, that's what this is all about is we get to have fun and go do the thing we love to do best uh, and that we do best. And, at, you know, hopefully at some point we'll be making money along with it making significant money along with it. And it's just that, but honestly, we just enjoy it so much. You know, yes, we want the money and we want to be able to do it full time. You know, and that's, and we want to do it. We want to do it as big as we can do it. You know, we believe we have something big here. Um, it's just, it's just kind of like you said, every time I hear it's like every time it's, uh, what bad wolves, for example, you hear about their recent breakup and the, the drama they had about the politics with the singer and all that bullshit. I'm like, dude, y'all just made it. You just got the songs on the fucking radio and now you're, exiting your lead singer or he exited i don't know what happened with him i'm just saying it's like it's like could you please for a second just remember the love you have for each other remember what what it was that got you there and remember the joy you have on stage and making all this shit and just work the shit out realize that you've got something special so work the fucking shit out the problem is musicians creative types every one of us has some <laughs> screw loose, I guess, which makes us great musicians, you know? And, uh, I just think it takes some goddamn reason and some people just need to be more reasonable. 
because it's too hard to get where we're trying to go to fuck it all once we get there. That's my right. I mean, you're, people bitching about it. <laughs> I mean, it's I, like, I like you're, you're laser focused on one thing, but once you get there, there's like 15 different things you're looking at. You know, you're looking at PR, you're looking at fans, you're looking at girls, you're looking at whatever, you know, yeah. there's so many other things that weren't there when you started, when it was just about the music. Now it's about, yeah. you know, the glory. What, what you worked for and things just get all intertwined and things get toxic and things just get out of hand quickly where with you guys, you know, like, I feel like you're at that stage where you're trying to get to a certain point, you have that goal and you're trying to manifest it now. And, and with the music videos, I see like they're insanely, you know, well, well produced, well edited. Like you guys had a vision going in, it seemed like. So what were they, you know, um, did all of you guys come together with some of these ideas? Was it more like you brought something to the table? It's like, okay, that's great, but let's twist it this way. Like, how did you guys all come together to create some of the ideas for the music videos that you did? Uh, we got really fortunate. At the very beginning, um, we knew of a filmmaker in Atlanta uh, who happened to be in Atlanta who had his own studio called M3 Media and uh, M3 Creative. And his name's Michael Mueller. And Let's just call him the sixth member of the band because this motherfucker just, you know, we could tell him this is our idea or this is our concept or this is how big we want to go with something. And the dude would just just get it done. I don't know how to explain it. You know, the first video uh, that we did was the first for the first single about 10 months ago was cold. And we told him we wanted to go big and make it interesting and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, filmmakers are hard good ones are hard to find in this industry and reasonable good ones nevertheless you know unless you spend 100k or you know 100k you're not going to get serious product well i won't go into what we spent but let's just say it was very reasonable and yet we got one a top shelf product every single time and when i called him about cold he he sends us the the, the treatment and he's like okay so what we're going to do is we're going to go to the largest mental mental health facility that's abandoned in the country just happened to be in georgia and we're going to rent it and do the video with a ton of fire and shit right in front of that place and make it spooky as shit you know and it was just like what you we're going to do what the second video gauntlet well we're going to rent a um, a uh, a gay sex sex club you know, a gay kink sex club. And we're, you know, we're going to use, we're going to use all of their whips and chains and all that stuff. And I looked, I looked, I looked at him and I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? I'm going to tell my rock guys that we're going to a gay kink sex club. And he's like, he's like, just trust me. And we did. I mean, that's the thing. We put our faith in him. We told him what we were looking for and making it interesting. And if you watch each of the videos, they're very interesting in their own right. And that's the biggest thing is we wanted them to be unique in their own right. We don't want them to people to be seeing the same things. We want them to be excited about the next one. And so with each one, we kind of took it a different place. Some, some of them were our ideas, like, like the, um, um, What's it called? Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, now is the time video. Devin calls me one day and he's like, he's like, uh, uh, one of his favorite bands years ago did a kind of a behind the scenes video at, at a filming a video. Does that make sense? Seeing kind of the behind the scenes at a video. Uh, it was uh, uh, Kill Switch Engage. They did it a while back, and we want we like that idea, so we took that idea and ran with it and so it kind of gave people the inside out of what we do and how we do it and how we make a video but 
you know, then we took voices and I told, I call, I called up Mueller and I was just like, listen, dude, I want the most intimate stage. I want a thousand candles and I want to make it beautiful. And he's like, done intimate stage, a thousand candles made it beautiful, you know? And now on this one, this last one that we did with him, this will probably be the last one we do for him. Cause just cause we need to move on. We've done seven, seven amazing videos. Um, you know, he came up with it. He called us. He's like, I'm hiring the horror guy. Uh, we're going to do it in black light and we're going to get y'all dressed up in paint. And I was just thinking morph suits with a bunch of fucking rockers. That is not going to work. And let me tell you, my friend, go to our Facebook page, uh, uh, pistols at dawn band, dude, how it turned out. I can't even tell you. Like I, 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 I am, I am as a fan excited to see this fucking video. So it's just cool. Our ideas, his idea, you have to have a partnership with your video director uh, because they're the ones who are really going to make it come to light. And honestly, that's not our gig. We have ideas, sure, but it's the video people. These are the people that fucking sit around and come up with this shit. And we're just lucky enough to come, come connect with an amazing one who was able to really put out, like you said, the professional products that he did. Right. I mean, just looking at them, they, obviously you guys got one of the best guys in the business because you, you guys probably had an idea of what you wanted it to look like. And then, you know, like, yeah. be honest, like it probably didn't turn out the way you envisioned it, but it turned out. So much better. He blew us away every single with every single video that he did. And it, it blew our, it, it was beyond what we wanted. <laughs> you know, we had an idea and somehow he made it come to light, honestly. Wow. I mean, that's, that's very cool to see because again, marketing these videos and getting them out there and people are like, wow, like this is professionally done to kick ass music at the same time. Like when are these guys performing? And you guys just came out with the new EP last month. Um, right. kind of, you know, explain like the, the motivation behind this latest EP, because again, like you guys, I've had a lot of history, obviously, you know, closing in a few more years, it's almost going to be a decade. You know, you took the break in between, but now you're back. So what was kind of the motivation and the determination for you guys to make this EP and what it was about? So we're on warp nine. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Meaning we may have taken some time off, but uh, we're making up that time very quickly. And and uh, between the videos, the EP, the marketing, all the publicity all over the world, uh, you know, we're making up for lost time very quickly. The pandemic really supersized all of that, uh, interestingly. And so we're now where most bands are five years later. You know, it takes a long time to do what we've done in a year and a half uh, since we started marketing in 20 and doing all of this in 20. And so we, we went into the studio the summer, last summer, um, uh, to do the EP, we had the four tracks. We wrote them in about 10 minutes. I mean, it was, it was, it was magical. It was, you know, it, we took literally, honestly, about eight weeks, maybe eight weeks. We put together the four tracks. We nailed them, went into the studio with, uh, the former engineer who did, uh, smashing pumpkins and, and matchbox 20. Um, and then we used an incredible, uh, we used more app malware, Applebaum, who, who used to do Faith No More. And so between Jeff, our uh, producer, and Maor, it just came out exactly as we'd hoped. We went in the studio, did it in a weekend, honestly. Maor had it, had it mastered in a week. Uh, it was such an easy, smooth, simple project during the pandemic. So nobody's around, nobody's near each other. Scheduling issues were nothing. We all kind of kind of kept our distance, wore masks, that whole thing. And uh, 
knocked it out. Uh, Chris, if you if you look at the lyrics for the four tracks, they're all kind of political meets life meets darkness meets you know basically don't fuck with me and uh, you know um, I'm tired of the voices. It was a lot of pandemic stuff, you know, uh, people acting like God and and just just powerful. If you listen to his lyrics, he's a powerful dude. He, he goes into a hole. We have nothing to do with him. We give him the music. We write the music alone, give it to him. He writes the lyrics alone and then basically shows up with it. And it's perfect every time. I don't know how to explain how he does it. I don't know. Um, it came together. We knew we had something, uh, gave it to our publicist in LA at SRO and she put it out and here we are now. We gained publicists in, uh, in Canada, in the UK, uh, like I said, radio camp, big radio campaigns coming uh, with uh, a couple of different companies in the U.S. later this summer with Voices. It's going on in Germany right now, and um, you know, we believe it's it's a taste. It's a taste. It wasn't the main course. It was the appetizer. We we spent the last three months writing the whole the new full length album. So we knew we were going to put that out during the pandemic. At the conclusion of the pandemic, we were going to write the new album. We're doing videos for every single track, unlike any other band on earth. And during the pandemic, nevertheless, and the new album we're going to track in August. So between the new, then we're going to tour. Then we're going to go out in 22. We've got a couple shows we're planning right now and benefit shows and stuff like that. We're putting on a free show to thank our fans for the pandemic in our hometown and for, for supporting us during the pandemic. Um, you know, we're going to try to feed the hungry at the end of the year during the holidays. And then in 22, we intend to blow it the fuck up with playing. Uh, that's when our new album will come out at the big, at the, either the end of 21 or the beginning of 22. And that's when, um, you know, between the EP and the new full length album and the three singles before it, we'll have a shit ton of music to go take to the masses. And honestly, we just want to start playing and never stop yet. Well, it's awesome to see how fired up you are about it because, again, like you guys are obviously you you have a plan, and at the same time, you guys all know your roles. Like like you were saying, you guys make the music, make the instrumental, give it to your lead singer; they'll take care of the lyrics. You know, like you guys each have a role that you're playing, whether it is lead singer, drummer, bass, guitar, you know, producer, audio engineer, publicist, PR. Like you guys all know your roles, which is why I feel like everything is kind of meshing well. And you guys are able to lay out that timeline for what you want to do moving forward so that you can, quote unquote, kick ass and do what you envision to do so you can manifest at the end of the day your dreams and what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, yeah, you said it. You said it so well. Uh, I couldn't agree more with everything. I mean, we're just fortunate to be in the position where we're having tons of fun. Uh, we built ourselves during the pandemic. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing to say. We literally built this band and did all the little nooks and hit the nooks and crannies and all the T's and I's during the pandemic. And hopefully the goal is, is to basically come out of 22 with a new full length album, the EP, the three tracks before that. And then, and then, you know, we're taking over. I mean, and I don't mean taking over from other bands. I just mean that we feel confidently we have something special to play for people and to show people. And um, we feel like we do it very well, humbly speaking. And we're just excited to get out there and just do it nonstop all over the goddamn place. We just want to play. And that's what we're going to do. I mean, the, 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 the hardest thing to do is create the base of everything. We got that now. Creating the, the machine. 
That's the hard part if you want to be a pro musician, you know, because most people can't do it or can't afford to do it. We're very fortunate to be in the position we're in. And now we want to go for the gravy, which is playing. So can I kind of to like get inside your brain a little bit when it comes to this, like how did you know, again, early on talking about not only, you know, playing music, but knowing how to market, knowing how to brand yourself, connecting yourself with the right people, finding the right people. Because obviously it comes with experiences throughout your life. It comes day by day, month by month, year by year. But how do you know, like instinctively, like if we want to get to the next level and for people to hear our stuff, this is what we got to do. We got to connect with this filmmaker, this, you know, film director who's going to make our music videos. How, how do you know to like get the right graphic people, the right publicists, the right people to push out your stuff? Because again, not everybody has that intuition to do that stuff. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, that is such a hard thing. Well, that's such a hard thing to know the answer to. And all I can tell you, it's just trial and error through the years and just adding and adding and adding and adding and adding and trying and trying one marketing thing and another marketing thing and this marketing thing. And, and literally until you find the right recipe, listen, it's the same way with any business. You know, fortunately I own a business and that's kind of my day job, right? So from being a business person and then bringing that into the band, that's extremely helpful uh, humbly speaking for our band, because it saves a lot of time, effort and trouble and saves money, if that makes sense. And it may it maximizes our efficiency in spending. Um, but honestly with music, there's a gazillion companies out there that will take advantage of musicians. There's a gazillion companies that will tell you they will blow you up and market you and get you a million hits on Spotify. It's all bullshit. Okay. You have to find the right recipe And the, let me tell you what the right recipe is. You ready? You have to connect with the top professionals. Okay. It's like anything else. Okay. If you're fortunate, you'll find a video director and filmmaker like we did, who is a top professional. He owns his own studio, but yet he's not so big in name that he's unreasonably priced. Does that make sense? You have to use the top people, photography, top people, publicity, top people through trial and error. You'll get to this, but I think it's, it's unfortunate, but it, but this day and age, labels aren't investing in bands like they used to. So you have no choice but to get, get, get on social media and spend some money and get some money and spend some money to get it done. And if you're going to use a top professional, you know, you have, listen, if you have the goods, they'll work with you. You know, we contact, I'll be honest with you. We contacted our, one of the top publicity firms in the country our publicist, SRO. Dude, I sent them our stuff. And I, actually, I was connected. I, I sent the first publicist our stuff. I sent tools publicist our stuff. Out of nowhere, they get an email, okay? Which they probably get a million every day. But they listened to our shit and they saw our videos that we'd already put out. We have the goods, right? Humbly speaking, we have the goods. So they contacted me like, listen, I can't do it. I'm too booked up. But let me refer you to this person. They referred us, connected us to that person. They took one, listened to us, contacted us, and were like, we want you. And that was one of the great days of our lives when we connected to our publicist. You know what I mean? Because now we have Ozzy Osbourne's publicist. We have Godsmack's publicist. We have, you know, there's, there's a handful of bands, top bands that have this publicist, and we're on the same roster as they are, and they're blowing us up just like them. And that's what you got to do. You have to just put yourself out there and connect, 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 you know? And so I, mean, I have, 
your whole best foundation, right? And then you got to connect with the right people. Create the foundation. Connect with the right people, but if they don't have the talent, what's the use? If, If you don't have not only the talent, but the product, you can't talk about it with people. You got to show them you got it. So I went to these people after we already had videos, already had the music, already had 4 million views, right? A million downloads, right? I walked in the door knowing I had the product and that I, and we had already done it. So we have something they can sell. Yeah. And if you don't do that, they're not going to work with you these days. It's just not going to happen. So unless you're Justin Bieber and someone thinks you're real cute on the internet, which happens, right? Dude, you got to put your fucking head down. You got to create some really good fucking product and you better get some money together and start contacting the top echelon people and then get lucky like we did. And then one builds from the next because every fucking one, you door, you, you, you are lucky enough to go through Believe me, they open a hundred other doors. And that's how you find out who really to work with. You know, it's like, our, you know, one points out another. Who should we work with on this? Who should we talk to about this? They're happy to work with you once you get to that level. Well, you obviously have the passion and you have, you know, the intuition and, you know, the inspiration to not only get those experiences, but you're willing to fail. Because failure is inevitable, right? Like you're willing to go through those experiences in order to say, okay, that sucked. I won't do that ever again. And then you keep learning and keep going up the ladder and keep, you know, figuring out which door is the correct door. You know, you're gonna have to fail a thousand times over before you succeed once. I don't think you'll find another band that hasn't, hasn't failed a million times before they actually got through the right doors. And that's fine. I don't care. As long as, as long as I get there, I don't care. Let, let, let them tell me no. Just, you know, you know what they do? You know what I do when they tell me no? You know what my next, the next thing out of my mouth is? Thank you, and can you refer me to one of your colleagues? <laughs> I mean, fucking A, and they will if you've got the goods. Yep. Hell, we, went, we have a radio campaign going on in Germany. I didn't even ask for it. I'm using, one of the, I'm using the top radio campaign company in Germany. I didn't even ask for it. And they're like, they're like dude, you need a record label. We're going to go to our people at CBS and this, that, and the other. And they're, gonna, they're like, we'll, we'll handle that for you. <laughs> I didn't ask him for it. But I asked them, but I got connected to them to do the radio campaign, at which point they were like, you got the goods, we want to do it. Right. You know? So, again, you got to create the product first. So if if I told a little guy what to put their money into first is the product. Go hire a really great engineer and go hire and go, 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 you know, go make the music first. Because if you got the music, that'll open doors. I mean, this is a great lecture for anybody listening that, again, an aspiring musician, but at the same time, doesn't really know the business side of things. You know, like you got to get into the like, your passion is great. That's the foundation, but you need the other missing pieces. Yeah. Thank you. So, so when's the, uh, um, obviously at the EP that just came out in May, where can we find that? You know, is it on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, all the, yeah. Groups? So, so the EP, EP is everywhere online. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, these are everywhere. Um, you can go to our website, obviously, and that lists everything. And we have all of our videos up there, uh, pistolsofdawnband.com. You can go to our Facebook page. Please follow us. We we update every single day. We put out new shit every day, and we keep it interesting. Uh, at Pistols of Dawn Band, uh, at Pistols of Dawn Official uh, is our Instagram page. 
And uh, just stick with us, man, because we really believe in connecting with people. Uh, we are everyday real guys, just like everybody else. And we don't look at ourselves as badasses or anything like that. So we're going to connect with as many people as we can. We're going to do as much as we can for our hometown and the public. Uh, we throw free shows periodically. We do a lot for our, we do more for our fan club than most, most, you know, big time signed mega acts do. We try to do as much as possible. Uh, lots of gifts in our fan club. And we just, we love being in a band and playing music. So stick with us and cause there's a ton of shit's on the way. And we appreciate you for having us today, having me uh, on behalf of the band, um, Chris, Devin, Tommy, Billy, uh, we all are grateful and we'll come back anytime you want us. You just say the word. Well, I could just hear like in the base of your voice, how excited you guys are about, you know, not only putting your product out there, but continuing it to, you know, just around people with content, you know, like you're putting stuff out every single day, keeping things fresh, you know, new stuff for people to look at. You guys are passionate about it and, you know, keep kicking ass because, you know, I'm listening to the stuff. It's awesome to see, you know, people like you who have a passion for this. And, you know, I've been talking to you for 40 minutes now. I can just tell how much you love this and how, you know, in tune with what you're doing and everything. So I just, again, thanks for being gracious enough for taking the last 40 minutes out of your day. Stay out of the heat. I think I'm going to go jump in the pool right now to cool off. Please, please do. Please do it. This entire day has just been <laughs> amazing. So, uh, so again, thanks so much, man. And again, anytime I'd love to have you guys back on, you know, six months from now to see where you guys are at. Yeah. Well, we're going to put out, put out the new album. We'll have some new videos for you. We'll get out touring and let's come back and talk to you some more. All right. Sweet. Thanks so much, Adam. Catch new episodes of The O Show for free, available on all audio platforms, including Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. For full video versions of the podcast, head on over to YouTube and StarWorldWideNetworks.com. The O Show is presented by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Mayweather Boxing and Fitness is an inclusive, high-intensity fitness experience developed by the champ Floyd Money Mayweather himself. The best group boxing workout in the market, Mayweather Boxing and Fitness. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.